Let me introduce myself. I'm the youth leader of this church, and my name is Dom. All right. Thank you for the claps. I've been in this church for about 19 years. So I've been in Australia for 20. I've been in this church for 19 years. So, um, so all up, uh, you know, uh, it was only about, so I'm 25 now. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Um, yeah, since I was five years old, I've been here, guys. Um, yeah, anyway. This, is, this house has blessed me um, immensely. And you might be wondering why I am here and talking to you guys. You know, I'm not anything different to you. I have no special talents or gifts. If anybody knows, I speak a bit quickly sometimes, and you might not catch what I'm saying, all right? But today, I, I hope that God can use me. There's a story in the Bible that God uses a donkey to speak to someone, all right? It takes me back memory lane where my grandma, whenever she got angry, she used to call me this word in Sinhalese called burua. Some of you people who know Sinhalese know what that means. It means donkey. Today you're hearing another donkey talk. Thanks, grandma. I love you. So back in Sri Lanka, maybe she might be listening. All right, so the title of my message is this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All right. So before I go into this, though, I'm going to ask, I, I like participation, you know, because I work with the youth all the time. You know, people nod off. Kids are so hard to keep their attention with, right? Even us as adults, you know, think about TikTok, Instagram. Man, how many videos we go through every day, right? It's amazing. So I want to try and keep your attention here too, okay? If you can play a little game with me, it's called participation. All right, who here is married? If you can put your hand up. Who here is married? Awesome. All right, you can put your hand down. Who here is in a relationship right now? Okay, awesome. I see those. That's nice. Who has got, who's got a best friend or friends? Best friend, friends, yeah. Well, only a few. Okay, a couple. All right. And who here has got close family? Well, I guess oh, yeah, awesome. That's great. That's great. I thought we got to start praying for some of you guys. But it's great to have family. It's great to have relationships. But you know the best way to keep good relationships with people is to have a low expectation of them. True? The higher the expectation you have with them or for them, they can disappoint you. Yeah? And that's usually to, you know, keep our, ourselves guarded, you know, and, and because we just can't handle people who don't meet our expectations. Let's be honest. And so my wife smashes my expectations all the time. Um, wife, thank you. Uh, it's not a dig at you, but... Uh, but <laughs> You know, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys in on a secret of mine. I don't think anybody knows this about me, but I love to play golf. Uh, I see a few giggles here, but I love to play golf on and off. You know, I like to go and have a hit. And some of my golfers here, you understand, if you have a high expectation of your round and you have a bad game, your whole day is ruined. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad, all right? So, Hasten knows about this, so... You know, when we go to the course, we want to have a low expectation. Because you know why? We want to have a great day when we come home. We have our wives to come home to. You know, we don't want to put them under stress because we had a bad game. But today, I want to tell you something. You might have come here with a low expectation of God. You might have come here with a no expectation of God. But I want to raise your expectation up here. You might be here to, maybe because, you know, you thought Dom speaking, I'll, I'll be here to see how he falls on his face. Maybe that, maybe not. Uh, but I want to raise your expectation high because you, there's no point you being here if you're not expecting God to speak into your life. All right? So I want to 
raise your expectation high. Don't keep it low because you don't want to be disappointed. So today, all of us need something in our life. There's something we're struggling with. And maybe I can point out a few things as we go along in this session, okay? So let me see my notes here for a second. Okay, awesome. There's about more than two or three people here. If you look around, we've got a few people. In the Bible, it says that when two or three people are gathered in Jesus' name, that the Spirit of God is with us. And right now, the Spirit of God is here in this house. We believe that. We truly believe this. We don't just think it's fantasy. We believe it because there's things which have happened in our life, and we've experienced the Spirit of God. And right now, He's here. Wow, man, if you have an expectation here for God to do something in your life, He'll do it. I truly believe that. And so, before I go into my, well, while I go into my message, let's go to the text. So, the first text I want to take you to is Mark chapter 5. Okay, let me see if I can work this thing here. All right, Mark chapter 5. Guys, we read the Word of God because we believe that this was inspired by God. And the people who wrote this, this is a guy named Mark, all right? He wrote it. He was with Jesus. He traveled with Jesus. He was a disciple of Jesus. He saw things that many of us wish we could see. And they wrote down some of these things. So let's read what this book has to say or this chapter has to say. All right? Let me get my notes together. Okay. Give me a second. All right. So the title of this is called Jesus Heals a Demon-Possessed Man. Why did I choose this? Don't ask me. I felt like God wanted to speak this one to us. All right? Today. So let me read. And if you can follow on that, on the back, that would be great. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. I'm reading from verses 1 to 11 or 1 to 13. This man lived in the burial caves and could not longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains and, his wrists, uh, and from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in, his, in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. All right, so we're on the next slide. Okay, that's me, isn't it? All right, awesome, give me a sec. All right, awesome. So, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to him and bowed low before him. I want you guys to get this, all right? This is Jesus. With a shriek, he screamed. I wish I could scream, but I can't. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Wow. Okay, let me just draw you very quickly to that, to that statement right there. This is a man who was filled with evil spirits, all right? This man recognized who Jesus was. Now, here, we might be people who might think Jesus was a great man. He said a lot of good things, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, treat people kindly, you know, just the way you want to be treated. Don't judge other people so you don't get judged. But this demon was talking about him being the son of God, the most high God. When you are a son of someone, a descendant, you have their being. He is... God in flesh. I want you to understand this because sometimes we may miss this point. Then Jesus demanded him, what is your name? And he replied, 
My name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Wow. Okay, many demons inside this man. And then, okay, let me, let me make sure I'm on the right track. And he begged Jesus again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd numbered about 1,000 pigs plunged into the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. All right? There's a lot going on there. I'm going to unpack a few things for you guys. Let's talk about this. Jesus comes on a boat, right? And I'll give you maybe a picture to, picture to look at. This actually is a picture of Gerasenes. This is in the Lake of Galilee. And this is where they presume that Jesus would have come off the boat. And the man would have been somewhere near those, you know, cave, caves or tombs. And those were burial places, all right? This is where people were buried and, and all of that. So this man was tormented and he was living in these caves. Jesus walks up and the demons come out and start saying, why are you here to torture me? Please leave. I don't want you here. Okay? And you might be wondering, yo, what does this have to do anything with me? What do you think, what do you, what do you think I'm talking about? Why has this got anything to do? You're not in a cave. Are you in a cave today? Not a physical cave, but you might be in a, what do you call it? Metaphorical cave, all right? You might be in a cave where it might be hard to get out of. And let me break this down to you. I want each of you guys to remember this as you're in this congregation. You know, when I'm listening to someone preach, you know what I do usually? When the preacher is preaching, I will think of someone else that this applies to. I do that all the time. It's so bad. And then I'll catch my thoughts and be like, no, 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 he's talking to me. So I want you to do the same. This is not about the friend who did not make it today. This is not your family member who is in Sri Lanka who probably needs to hear this right now. This message is for you. All right? Okay, can, I, can I get you to just think about that? This message is for you. All right? So how does this relate to some of us? Let me break this down, okay? They said silence is very important when speaking. I'm going to give you guys a bit of time to think about this, Okay? I take it the points one by one. The first point is this. There are people here sitting down here and you're going through a pain or a torment of mental anxiety. You're probably dealing with panic attacks. You probably have a fear of the future. And you're also probably dealing with a very intense feeling of depression. And you know what? Nobody knows about this, that you're going through this. But God does. And today God is here speaking to your situation. Now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know each and every one of you guys personally. But God knows you. And God is here to deliver you from whatever you're going through. And your torment is just like that man's. You know why some of these thoughts lead us to isolation? It leads us to a tomb. It leads us to your room. And you're isolated, just like this man was. And some of you here have a pain of addiction. And this addiction could be a substance. This could be addiction to things like pornography. This could be addiction to things like social media. Wow, like this is a big thing, right? Guys, let's, let's be honest. Sometimes I feel like I'm addicted to social media too, all right? But you know what? Imagine how many times or hours that you have spent on social media that you can never get back. We probably have a couple of days stacked up. True? Maybe a couple of weeks for some of us. 
maybe a few months that you have spent on social media, you'll never get those months back. You know what that does? Social media, it makes us procrastinate. It doesn't make us move forward. Let me tell you something. The thing about addictions is this. The reason you go into an addiction is so that you can make yourself feel better from the circumstance you are in right now. Let me give you an example, all right? We can all relate. You have a bad day, go to your TikTok or Instagram, and you scroll through it, right? You scroll through the best things you like, like golf videos, all right? And you like, you know, you love all of this, and it makes you feel better. It makes you feel good. For some reason, all of a sudden, your mind is off your problem, and it's in somebody else's videos. True? Or is it just me? Maybe I'm the only one who does that. Some of us do this, but let me tell you something. As soon as we take our eyes off God and we say something else can help us, we are in a problem. We are in trouble. And it may be an addiction that you're going through, and that might be the place that you find your relief. You're in trouble. You need help. And you know what? We can't help ourselves. We really can't. How many of us tried to quit social media? How many of us tried to quit some addictions in our life and we're still struggling, right? Okay, I'll come back to my own testimony about my struggles a bit later, but let me keep going with this list. So I've given two. One is mental health. One is pain of addictions. And there might be another big one here, pain of unforgiveness. Maybe some of us can relate to this one. Pain of unforgiveness. All right, let me get some crowd interaction here, okay? So, all right, some of you read your Bibles. Jesus was approached by a disciple, and the disciple asked, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Like seven times? That's pretty good, seven times. How many times did Jesus tell that person to forgive? Anybody know? Yell it out, because I forgot. What? 70 times seven. Anybody know the maths for that? I don't, I'm not a math guru. 70 times 7, Jesus says to forgive your brother. He's not saying, hey, all of the people who have sinned against you, forgive them 70 times. No, he's saying individually, if that one person sins against you, you forgive them 70 times 7. Do the maths, come up with it, you can tell me after what that is, all right? He just means that there's no moment in life that you have unforgiveness for anyone. And you might be sitting here with unforgiveness in your heart. You know what? That is tormenting you. You know, I could think of myself and say, hey, I can, I can forgive someone once, twice. Once it gets over 10, I need the help of God. You can't do it yourself. You know, God needs to come and radically change your life and give you the power to forgive someone. Okay, that might be you right here. I want you to identify yourself in these points. And the last one is a big one too. Let me just check one of my slides to see if I'm on track. Yeah, all good. All right, the last one is this. The pain of shame and guilt from past and present life choices. And you might be feeling like, you know, especially for us, some people as, you know, you come to know Jesus, you understand how much he's forgiven you and how much he has done for you. And you might be struggling with guilt and shame of things you have done in the past. You know, that's not what the what God wants from you. God wants you to know that you're forgiven. But if you're someone who is here who has never experienced the love of God or even told God to forgive you, you can experience that today. You might be feeling so guilty about things you've done in the past. You know what? Even as me preaching to you, this week, 
I was like, God, why do you choose me to be up here and speak to so many people? Because I have so much shame from my past. I have so much guilt from my past. I have not been perfect. Even as I've been in the ministry, I've not been perfect. I've fallen. But God picks me up every day and says, you're forgiven, son. Keep going forward. Wow, what an amazing God. May I, I just got to make sure I don't get emotional here. I told my wife, I might start crying. But let me hold it together, okay? Just for you guys. All right. I'm going to go to the next story. The next story is about a woman who gets healed. All right? I'll come back and sum this all up, but let's, let's look at this story, okay? I'm going to read it from here so it helps me to switch from the tablet. Jesus went with him, which was another man who asked Jesus to come and, come and heal someone, and Jesus was going with this man, okay? And all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. All right, for 12 years, she's been suffering with constant bleeding. Actually, I'm going to switch. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had got no better. In fact, she has gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed for her, of her terrible condition. Wow, man, this woman is amazing. She's like, man, crazy faith, crazy expectation. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around and asked the crowd, who touched me? I mean, there might be so many people like this gathered around Jesus, right? And he asked, hey, who touched me? Now we're talking about the son of God. Do you think that he didn't know who touched him? He knew it. But let's see why he asks him. His disciples said rightly, Jesus, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched you? There's so many people touching you. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling. Give me a sec. Let me get this. The frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And this is what he said to her. And this could be you today. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Mic drop. And he went, man, amazing. Jesus was just flowing with godliness and power. This son of God, right? He's just walking around and somebody just came and said, hey man, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. Yo, who's got some expectation like that right now in this place? Who's got that type of expectation? So let me get this slide up here. Just some visual for you guys. That's the demon possessed man right there. And then we got the hem of his garment. This is, this is the hem of my shirt right here. Is that the hem? You're right? Yeah, that's the hem. Just making sure. You know, that woman just touched this of Jesus and she was healed. And you know, at the beginning of this, I said, where is your expectation today? Are you expecting God to do something today in your life? Because if you have no expectation, I'm sorry, nothing may happen. But I want to raise your expectation again. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to touch you personally. Man, he cares for you. 
You are that lost sheep. He went, by the way, I butchered that parable. It's not 99 sheep parable. It's called the lost sheep. Parable of the lost sheep, my bad. I do read my Bible, but I forget these things. But the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus went to search for one sheep. And you are that sheep. You know, have you, have you, has anybody watched this video of this, this sheep? He's fallen into the trenches. Somebody picks him up, puts him out. What does he do straight after? Anybody remember? Falls straight right back into the place. Like he just goes straight into the trench and he falls in there. And Jesus calls a sheep. He must be onto something. We might be. We must. We must be people who go back into the same problem, the same struggle, the same sin. But he's willing to get us again and put us out of the trench. That's our God. Man, that's amazing. Something happened to the overhead. There. That's all good. All right. So this woman, amazing. I want you guys to think about something right now as I go to my notes again. Jesus was flowing with godliness and power. I want you to imagine this. Imagine Jesus was right here standing. Miracle worker. Raised people from the dead. Mute people, he made them speak. You couldn't see, he made you see. Walked on water. Some of you like this one, turn water into wine. I know you guys like this. Well, you know, he did, he did a lot of stuff. But let me say, his resume is endless. There is nothing that you need to fear if you come to Jesus. He can heal you. He can set you free from your suffering. Let me tell you that, 100%. I can guarantee you that. If you give your life to God, he will end your suffering, just like this woman did. But let me tell you something. You need to have an expectation. And let me switch that word up. It's not expectation. It's faith. You need to have a faith in God and believe that he will do something for you today. Right here, this is your breakthrough. Why do you want to miss out on something that God can do in your life? Man, I don't want you to. And there were so many people around Jesus and none of these other people got a breakthrough. Did you know that? There's so many other people around him. Everybody else missed their breakthrough because they're probably like, oh, man, he's a good teacher. Let me just hear what he's saying. Let me just, uh, you know, get something really nice so I can apply it to my life and live a very, you know, uh, you know cordial life. You know, I can live amongst people, not hurt anyone. No, but this woman knew that this was the son of God walking with power. And he said, this man could heal me. And he doesn't even need to touch me. I just need to touch him. And today you have an opportunity to touch him. And he may even touch you back. And you know what? And you can get your breakthrough. You know, I, I, I have no power. I am just here, like that donkey, speaking to you of what God has done in my life. And let me give you one more thing here. You know, I, it's just unbelievable how the faith of this woman and expectation of her. So many years she was struggling with the same suffering. And let me come back to my own personal testimony. Man, I, when I was about 16, 17, that's where, probably when we came to Australia when I was about 15 years old. And uh, I was going through my own torment. My own torment. I was in my own cave. Nobody could help me. Some of you would have remembered me coming to church back then with my cornrows on. I'm very to myself. <laughs> I didn't even know who I was, to be honest. I had no identity. I had a lot of anger issues. A lot. I would curse my own mom out. I had lustful desires and addictions. I had suicidal thoughts. 
young people, listen to me. The enemy does not want you to live. He wants you to die. He wants to destroy you. And I'm not speaking just to young people. There might be people here sitting here, you don't want to live your life anymore. You might feel suicidal once in a while. Just, just want to give up. You don't feel it all the time. It only comes once in a while. Once in a couple of years maybe, or a couple of months. But one day I wanted to touch Jesus. So I thought I'd come to the front and touch him. I thought I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> all right, let's, 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 go to the, yeah, let's go to this one for a second, all right? All right, so Jesus, when, when this man was healed, you know what happened? When that man, the demon-possessed man, he wanted to come behind Jesus. He said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, go and tell your friends what Jesus has done. You know, crazy. God's here and he's ministering to us and he's even allowing me to maybe be in this position so you guys know, hey man, this is, this is for real. God cares for you and he loves you. He wants to release you of that pain. So, let me get back together. All right, so anyway, so Jesus tells his man, go and Tell your, tell your friends, tell your friends of what the Lord has done in your life. And man, this guy goes to a place called the Decapolis where there's 10 cities and he goes and tells everybody, hey man, I was, I was in a tomb, I had evil spirits, Jesus released me. He just came and did something and I'm, I'm well. And there were people probably saying, hey man, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, okay, awesome, yeah, you, you go and do your thing. That's great for you, but I'm okay. And there were other people who were probably like, man, really, like, Wow, that means he can help me too? Okay, right, let, let me come. Let, let me come and touch him. Maybe I can get my own breakthrough. I want you to be those people today. I don't want you to be that person who's like, yo, it's good for, good for you, but not for me. You know, no, I've, I've done my own thing. You know, I've, I've done so many mistakes, God's not going to love me anymore. Now, I've done a lifetime of, man, you won't even know what I've done, so God is never going to look at me and love me. I can't even love myself I don't want you to be that person. I want you to understand God loves you. And he cares for you. He wants to give a future for you. All right? As Jesus, I'm, I'm just trying to find my other note. Give me a second. But I really want to stress the fact of this. God is here right now. And he's here in this place. Please don't miss out on your breakthrough. Oh, wait a minute. Siobhan. Wait, I want to I give, give an answer. Right now it's hot. What's, what's, how many degrees is it here? What do you think? Pretty hot? What would you like right now? I'm in a cool glass of water, maybe an icy pole. I would love an icy pole. If I could have an icy pole right now and just munch on it, I would be so refreshed, right? Oh, Siobhan, thank you so much. I don't even. Oh, this is nice. What's the flavor? Mango? Awesome. Oh, my favorite. Awesome. Let me just open this up very quickly. I need some refreshment. Hopefully, I don't choke on this. All right. Mmm. Leave the leftovers for Siobhan. Wow, I mean, this is so refreshing, guys. Like, the mango around it. And then there's yogurt inside. I don't know if anybody likes yogurt. But, um, thank you. I really need that. Oh, it's good. 
All right, I'm so refreshed right now. But as I'm explaining to you about this, this yogurt around the man- uh, mango around the yogurt. Are you refreshed? Are you feeling refreshed right now as I eat this? Probably not. I mean, I mean, you might have an idea of it, but you're not refreshed. I'm refreshed. You're not. I'll tell you why I got this up or told Siobhan to get this here. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now I can be up here and tell you all of these things. I can tell you guys all about how God, is, God loves you and God wants to change your life and he wants to touch you personally. But you will never know how refreshing that is until you have your own touch. This is a great ice collection. Thank you. And God is good and he's great too. So I don't want you to just go and know about who God is and have head knowledge. I want you to be touched by God and you can only taste him if you really want to have a taste from him. Mm-hmm.